honestly, I love Jesus. I do. I love him. Like, I mean, like I said, I love pizza, but I love Jesus more. The Bible calls Jesus the word, okay? I love the word. I love what it does for me. I love what it does to me and, and through me. How many of you guys love the word? All right, so I'm going to preach to the girls tonight. Come on. We getting the house down, all right? So how many of you love the word? Come on. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now that you're awake, now that you guys are awake, I love the word. I love what it does for me. And guys, honestly, I'm excited that you guys love the word because that's all I have for you. That's all I can bring to you. I can't bring anything extra. You know what I mean? I don't have superpowers. I'm not Batman. I don't have cool toys and stuff. Like, I literally, I have the word for you. I have what the word does for me, what it speaks to me, what the Lord does to me with the word. And so that's all I can bring you. Hopefully, tonight, uh, I mean, it'll change somebody's life. You guys ready? You guys ready? All right, well, let's pray and then let's dive in. Father, I thank you for these ready souls, these ready spirits that are here in your house tonight, God. I thank you that each and every one of us are here, Lord God, looking for something. So I pray tonight that we find Jesus. In any kind of measure, I pray that as we read the word, as we study, that we would fall more in love with you, my Lord. Let us find out more about you. Let us find out how to talk about you, how to think about you, and Lord, most importantly, how to love like you do. It's in your mighty and precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're in Dr. Luke. How many of you guys have been, enjoying, have been enjoying the Dr. Luke series? I really think it's cool when you can study through the Bible, you can see the different correlations and whatnot, see the stories line up, and especially when you're talking about Jesus' story. So for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about relationships, talking about friendships. Last week, Pastor Stefan talked about friendships and how we start friendships, the meaning of them, and what they are to us. And most specifically, um, even in your lives, he even asked us, as we discussed in small groups, what are some of the, your top five friends, what kind of relationship was, like, what was the beginning of the relationship, and what kind of relationship is it now? Is it a situational relationship, or, or whatever it may be? I thought that was a really cool sermon. I think that each and every one of us probably had a chance to think about that throughout this week, as we had interactions with different friends, different relationships in your lives. Did you guys think about that this week? No. I'm glad you're honest, man. Thank you. That was honest. Yeah, I'm sorry. Zero friends, sir. Zero friends. It was honest, man. It was honest, okay? I appreciate that. Okay. So we're in Luke chapter 8, guys. We're going to pick it up, uh, verse 19 through 39. We're going to kind of finish out the chapter almost, and then there's uh, some more. I think somebody's going next week to finish up chapter 8. But we're starting at verse 19 tonight. Let's go ahead and jump into the word. Now, Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Pause for a moment. Is Jesus being rude to his mom? Because I don't know about you guys, but like tonight, okay, I'm up here speaking and whatnot. Even if I'm speaking and I'm on the mic and my mom walks into the room, 
and like let's say at the end of the sermon I don't go up to her or whatever, I'm in trouble. I'm a grown man and I'm in trouble, okay? You better acknowledge mama at least. Like give me a wave, give me something. But he says, <laughs> he says, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. You see here, I don't think Jesus is being rude to his mom because I believe <laughs> that his mother was a God-fearing woman. She would have let him know <laughs> if he was being rude. I think here in this moment, he was speaking not only to those in hearing at the time, but also to us to let us know that his family is bigger than just blood and body. His family extends to those who hear the, God, the word of God and do it. They put it into practice. Isn't that cool that you and I can now be in the family of God? We can be taken care of by an all-loving father simply because we hear his word and we do it. Is that not cool to you guys? I think that is cool. God makes it easy. That's awesome. God makes it easy. Let's move on and see what kind of story develops here in Luke chapter 8. Verse 22. One, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. Who knows what a squall is other than a weird sounding word? Squall! Okay, so number one, number one, it sounds like Chief Keefe Chief saying squad, like really fast, like squad. Okay, but that's not what it is. I looked up the definition. I, I, no, 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 no. I looked up the definition, okay, to make it easy on all of us, all right? So the word squall is a noun. It means a sudden violent gust of wind, often accompanied by rain, snow, or sleet. It's also a sudden disturbance or commotion. So to break it down, a quick storm came up on the lake and was threatening the boat that they were in. They were probably in a small, like, fisherman's boat. They weren't in a large vessel that can take sea waters or rough waters or anything like that. So they were kind of freaking out. Let's read what happens next. Verse 24, the disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith, he asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. What an important question. Who is this man who commands the wind and the waves? I think that's an important question for you and I to answer tonight. Hopefully, as we read through the rest of this passage, we will see exactly who we're talking about. You see, back then, the disciples they didn't have a revelation of exactly who Jesus was. They were following this man, this teacher, this person they called master, but they didn't fully understand exactly who he was at this time. He had done some miracles. He had done some great things before their eyes, but they probably just thought he was a great man. Now he commands the wind and the waves, and they're thinking, who is this guy? How many of you guys, if you're walking home from school, the wind is blowing and whatnot, leaves are all over the place. I mean, you can't even stand still. Your friend looks at the wind and says, quit it. Not only does he have the boldness to say it, and then the wind stops, I would lose it. I don't know about you guys. I'd probably get away from that guy real fast, okay? You mean to tell me that you guys would be completely okay with your friend talking to the wind? Okay. So, so we have a revelation 
of who Jesus is because of the Bible that the disciples did not have. Your first feeling there is he is Lord over the natural. You see, each and every one of us, we understand that the wind, the waves are part of nature. They're part of nature. They're part of something that we can see, something that we can feel, something that we can touch. And most of the time, you can't exactly just speak to nature and tell it what to do, right? No, you can't. You can't always just say, hey, wind, I need you to calm down because I'm sleeping. But he can. The reason he can is he has authority over the natural. That's why he is Lord over it, and that's why he can tell the wind and the waves to calm down. Hashtag Jesus, okay? I love the way the Amplified Bible puts this verse because it puts a different perspective on it. So verse 24 in the Amplified says this, And the disciples came and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he, being thoroughly awakened, censored and blamed and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there came a calm. I had to look up what the word censured means, okay? And Webster defines it as a noun, which is a strong or vehement expression of disapproval. The way I picture this scene with the explanation from the Amplified Bible is they're in this boat on the lake. Jesus is taking a nap. Everybody's hanging out. This quick storm comes up, and they think they're going to die. Water is getting in the boat. Wind is knocking the boat around and whatnot. They wake him up. They say, Master, Master, we're going to die. He gets up. Now wide-eyed, it says thoroughly awakened. It was, he wasn't groggy. He is up. He is up now. Like when sometimes when your parents wake you up for school in the morning, sometimes you go back to sleep, you get, you get up a little groggy, you're a little slow and whatnot, but some days you get up and you're at them. You know what I mean? And you're ready to go, your eyes are wide, and you're like, all right, I'm ready to hit it. That's how Jesus was feeling. He got woke up because of a storm. I think he goes to the storm and he says, hey, chill out, I'm sleeping. <laughs> That's how I envision it. You guys envision it however you want, all right? That's how I envision it. He goes back and lays down because the, calm, the, sto- the storm is calm now. I think that is awesome. I think it's awesome that we serve a God who is Lord over the natural, who can speak to the natural, the things that you and I can touch, the things that you and I can feel. The natural extends even to sickness, guys. That's why he can heal. He is Lord over the natural. He can speak directly into your situation, into the circumstance that you were physically in because he is Lord over the natural. He has authority, like I said before, over nature. You guys aren't going to look to the person next to you and say, hey, listen, you were talking when my homeboy Jeremy up there was talking, so I need you to give me like 10 jumping jacks. You're laughing, okay? You're laughing. That's exactly what your friend would do. They would look at you like, who are, who are you? Who are you to tell me to get up and do jumping jacks? However, if Pastor Zafon were to get up here and say, listen, you were talking while Jeremy was talking. I need you to give me 10 jumps. A lot of you would rebel, okay? Let's be honest. You need Jesus. But a lot of you would say, you know what? I would, he's right. I was talking. I'm going to go ahead and give him the jumping jacks, right? That's because... You give him 20. See, I like the enthusiasm, right? That's because Pastor Stefan has the authority. He has, I need 20. No. 
Oh, the face. She, she goes, who? Who? Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to ask you to give me jumping jacks. That face was historic, though. I wish I would have caught that on Instagram, hashtag Jesus. All right, so. So the reason Pastor Stefan can ask that is because he has authority. In the same way, Jesus can tell the wind and the waves. He can tell your sickness. He can tell whatever it is that is going on with your body, with your situation, with your provision, with your lack. Whatever it is that you might need, he can speak directly to it because he has authority over the natural. All right? Let's read on and see what other things Jesus gets into. Verse 26, they sailed to the region, and Lord, help me with this pronunciation, Gerasenes. I don't know how you say that. I just, I just tried it. A little, the fig, look at the flick. Okay, all right. So, which is across the lake from Galilee. Verse 27, when Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes, problem number one, or lived in a house, Problem number two, but had lived in the tombs. Problem number three. Not to mention, he was demon-possessed. This man had some problems, okay? Thankfully, he went to the right person. Basically, this was a naked homeless, naked homeless man, okay? Naked homeless man. He slept in the tombs, and I'm about, we're about to read on in a minute. We're going to figure out why he slept in the tombs, in the graveyard and whatnot, in that area. He slept in that area because it wasn't safe for people to be around him, all right? These demons, they drove him to do different things. Not only mention, not to mention the fact that he had no clothes on. People didn't want to be around a, a violent, naked guy. Those are two combinations you don't want to mix. A violent, naked guy, and then you throw a homeless into the mix. It was just, it was a bad situation for people. So he just, he stayed where the graves were and whatnot. In the tombs is where he lived. So I want to go back to the Amplified Bible for the next few verses, just because I like the perspective that it brings. So verse 28, and when he saw Jesus, he raised a deep, terrible cry from the depths of his throat and fell down before him in terror and shouted loudly, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? What have we in common? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus was already commanding the unclean spirit to come out of the man. Already. Jesus stepped onto the shore of this area and was already commanding the unclean spirit to come out of this man. For many times, it, the spirit had snatched and held him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and fetters, which are like shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilderness or the desert. Basically, this demon not only caused him to be naked and homeless because nobody wanted to be around him, but it drove him into loneliness, okay? Verse 30, Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he answered, legion, for many demons had entered him. And they, the demons, begged Jesus not to command them to depart into the abyss or the bottomless pit. Revelation 9-1, that cross reference there, is just an explanation of the bottomless pit. And basically in Revelation, there's uh, a telling of exactly what's going to happen at the end of days. The bottomless pit is the home for the demons. And so basically, they don't want Jesus to tell them to go home. So they're saying, listen, what do you have to do with us? Do not torment us. Don't send us back home to the bottomless pit. Verse 32. Now a great herd of swine, which is pigs, you guys know that, 
was there feeding on the hillside, and the demons begged him to give them leave to enter these, and he allowed them to do so. Then the demons came out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep cliff into the lake and were drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they ran away and told it in the town and in the country. I want to park here in the scripture for a minute. I'm going to give you your fill-in, and then I've got a story that I want to tell you guys. So your next fill-in is he is Lord over the supernatural, okay? He is Lord over the supernatural. The scripture here is very clear. Jesus allowed the spirits. You can't allow somebody to do something if you're not the boss, right? If you don't have authority over them. These spirits were terrified of Jesus because of the authority that he had from our Father, like, Gan, my man watches movies. Okay, so how many of you guys have seen Lord of the Rings? Yes, okay. So do you remember, I believe, it's still the first one. Yeah, it's the first one. He falls down that crazy pit Gandalf does. He's fighting this fiery demon-looking thing with the whip and whatnot. Gandalf, my man, stands up with the staff and says, You shall not pass, right? Because he had authority over him. Blew the whole thing to smithereens. You don't see Gandalf for another, like, hour, okay? It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, so just in the same way, Jesus says, listen, I will allow you to go into the herd because he is the boss. He is Lord over the natural and the supernatural. How many of you guys like the fact that we serve a boss God? He's boss. So that's the new hashtag. Hashtag boss. Hashtag Jesus. Done, okay? All right, so... I have a story to tell you guys, all right? So this past week, this past Tuesday, I believe it was the 8th, Hope, I think it was the 8th, but Tuesday the 8th? Tuesday was the 8th. All right, so Tuesday, September 8th, it wasn't a, exactly a great day for me, okay? I wake up a little grouchy, a little, you know, just in a mood, like I just, I really don't want to go to work, you know? So... I figure, you know what, just, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps, go on. So I get in the truck, I'm on the way to work. Tuesdays, I work in Rome, Georgia, okay? How many of you guys know where Rome is? Your dad lives there. Thank you. Rome, Georgia, okay, Rome, Georgia. Basically, in order to get to Rome, Georgia, you get on 75 North for a while, and then you keep going, okay? It's up that way, somewhere up west of Cartersville and whatnot. So it takes an hour to get there. It's tiring. It's a tiring drive. So I drive to Rome, I get out there, and basically the way my job works is when I get to a dealership and I work on cars, I figure out which cars need what work, then I go to a manager to get the work approved. And basically, the, how much money I make that day is directly influenced by whether that manager wants to approve what work, okay? So some days I get a lot of work, the manager approves a lot of work, and it's a good day, you know what I mean? God provides a lot for that, you know, a lot for that day and whatnot, and it's, and it's a good day. Sometimes managers don't approve a whole lot of work like Tuesday, okay? Just had a couple of cars. So I, I wanted to keep my mind frame in the right kind of mindset. So I said, you know what? I'll take this as a blessing in disguise. I'll finish up these couple of cars early. I'll be able to go home, hang out with my family, love on my kids and my really cute baby who's sleeping right now. So... Um, so I'm thinking, you know what, I'll be able to go home a couple of hours early and whatnot and, and hang out at the house. So I get started on these cars. I get a project that I'm working on and whatnot. It takes a little longer than I wanted it to. Rain comes down, okay? I can't work in the rain. So I close the car up and I wait. 10, 15 minutes go by. I'm like, all right, so it clears up. 
start working on the project again, get that one done, bring another car back and whatnot, start working on it, and just like Javen said, pours down on me again, okay? So at this point, I'm just like, Lord, like, help me out. Like, I really just need, like, an attitude boost or something. Like, give me a dry spell for, like, 30 minutes, you know? It's just raining on and off, on and off as I'm doing these cars. So finally, I finish these cars up. I get everything packed up in my truck. I'm ready to go. I get my invoices printed out and everything. Go to my manager to have him sign everything for me so I can get out of there. He says, hey, listen, I found another car that I had here that I want to see if you can do something with. I said, okay, cool, I'll check it out. So he takes me outside, we're looking at the car, and he's like, is that something that you can take care of? And I was like, yeah, of course. And he says, well, do you have time, like today? And see, I'd already made up in my mind that I was going home, <laughs> that I was taking shoes off, that I was feeling the AC on my back. I was there mentally, okay, you know? However, my mind apparently did not agree or remember the conversation in my head that we had. My mouth says, yeah, I've got time today. So now I've committed to doing this car. So I start working on the car, and guess what happens? Okay, rains again, a squall. (laughs) What? Perfect connection, okay? A squall comes down, literally, I mean, dark cloud, wind, and everything. That's, That's awesome. It's like you were there, okay? So this squall comes down on me. I can't even finish the car. I pack my truck up again, and I get ready to go. And as I'm walking out of the dealership, my phone rings. I get a, a text message from a coworker of mine, a guy I've known for years, a good friend of mine. Sends me a picture of a wheel that I had worked on the week prior that I couldn't finish because of guess what? The rain. Another squall, okay? So... He sends me the picture and says, hey, bro, what's going on with this wheel? Um, it's been here for a couple of days now, you know. Didn't know if you were going to be able to come back and finish it up just so a manager doesn't see it and thinks, you know, that we're just leaving stuff on their lot to look bad. And so I had a, a little mini battle in my mind because I was already in that type of mood. How many of you guys have had one of those days, you know? Where, you know, okay, so it just felt like nothing could go right that day. And now, my friend of many years that I'm pretty close to now, the guy that the wow. <laughs> that was creepy, Javen, okay? Yes, the guy that lives at Ashboro, okay? Wow, get out of my notes, man. <laughs> All right? So, so, I mean, I was completely taken off guard by that. I'm not even going to lie. So, I'm... I'm thinking, you know, trying not to have an attitude with this guy because he's honestly trying to help me out. He's trying to hold me accountable uh, for my work. And so I said, you know what, just answer him graciously. So I said, yeah, that's fine. I'll be up there tomorrow morning, first thing. I'll take care of it. No need to worry about it. Thanks. So I text him that, and I'm walking to the car, and I, I mean, I just, I just start getting upset. I just feel that mood just, like, getting, just growing on me and just like a, like a fungus. And I'm just like, you know what, like, I've got to make a decision. So I've got two options, right? I've got the one option to let that attitude grow on me and stay, right? Go home, bring it home to my family, be upset, be grumpy or whatnot. Or have option number two, get a little attitude adjustment in the car on the way home and and come home, you know, with joy and with peace. So I decide option number two is the way to go. I opt for the attitude adjustment. So I get in the truck, I start driving, turn my worship playlist on in Spotify, right? Okay? 
You know what I mean? You, how many of you guys have been there where you just need, just give me 10 minutes, okay? Just give me 10 minutes by myself in the car with a worship playlist, any worship playlist. It could be instrumental. It could have words, whatever it is. Give me 10 minutes, all right? So 10 minutes into my drive, I mean, I've danced in the car. I have, I've been, you know, singing in the car. I probably look like a fool to people driving by, but I didn't care at the moment. I needed an attitude adjustment, you know what I mean? So 10 minutes in, my whole mindset is changed. You know what I mean? Because I've been in the presence of God. My whole mindset has changed. And then this song comes on by United Pursuit. How many of you guys like United Pursuit? You know who that is? United Pursuit. Some of you guys know? Okay, so United Pursuit, they're a cool worship band. Song comes on called Take a Moment. You'll hear it kind of fade in as we're talking. As I'm talking, you guys aren't talking. Okay. So the song comes on, and the words in the song hit me. I'm just listening. The words hit me, and they say this. I'm no longer held by the yoke of this world. Come up under the yoke of Jesus. His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. And it repeats that. You'll hear it here in a minute. It repeats that over and over again. So I start claiming that for myself, and I start singing that over myself. And I mean, a minute and a half later, I'm crying in the truck now, losing my mind, you know, 10 minutes, you know, I'm 15, 20 minutes into my drive now, and my attitude has completely changed. But not only that, God has given me a revelation of exactly what I just went through. So yes, his yoke is easy and his burden is light, but the burden of the world is heavy. The burden of flesh and self is heavy. How many of you guys have felt that burden before? You felt that mood rise up. You felt yourself get in the, the bad feelings for the day. And he says simply, come up under my yoke. It is easy, and my burden is light for you. So tonight, I, tell, I say to you, Jesus wants freedom for you. He wants freedom from the yoke of this world. Freedom from whatever it is that you might be battling, just like the man who had the demons. Whatever it is that you're battling, whether it be depression, loneliness, selfishness sometimes, feeling like you have no voice, whatever it is, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light for you. You guys must not want to be free tonight. That stirs me up. Guys, I want freedom for you. Jesus wants freedom for you, whatever it is. I know each and every one of us, I know specifically myself, that I have burdens, that I have things that I fight, and almost on a daily basis, if not an hour-by-hour hour basis, I say, Jesus, your yoke is easy and your burden is light, and I choose your yoke. I choose your burden, which is easy for me. When you have that taken from you and you are under the yoke of Jesus, you walk like a different person. Jesus wants that for you. He wants you to walk around like you're weightless. Like you've got this joy and this peace about you, and people will notice that you're different. Things will change around you, and your environment will change. Just like the man who had the demons, he had this burden on him. He had no friends now. This demon had driven him, had driven him to loneliness. He lives out in the tombs by himself. That's no way to live, let alone he had no clothes. He was probably cold, okay? So let's read exactly what happens to the man who had the demons. Verse 35, and people went out to see what had occurred. They came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at the feet of Jesus, 
Yes, Lord. Clothed and in his right mind, and they were seized with alarm and fear. You see, you and I can be like the man who had the demons. We can be found sitting at the feet of Jesus in our right mind and thank God clothed. Right? That's where I want to be. I want to be sitting at his feet. I want to be under his yoke, which is easy, and his burden, which is light. Clothes are necessary, okay? But also, I would think Jesus is saying to us tonight, guys, my joy, my peace for you is necessary. You're in a world that you're not designed for, guys. We go out on a daily basis into a world that we're not really supposed to be a part of. So that's why you feel the difference. That's why you feel that yoke, that burden on your shoulders, kind of like Atlas, who holds the world on his shoulders. God literally wants to take the weight of the world off your shoulders tonight. I want to read to you and claim for you the scripture that they get the lyrics from. It's Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. It's on your handout. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many of you guys in here tonight are weary? How many of you guys are burdened? How many of you guys are tired and you need rest? How many of you guys just are sick of the burden that the world places on your shoulders? I see you guys raising your hands. I know that you guys go through this stuff. I know you guys go through school and all the stress of your friends gets put on you, all the stress of their situations and their things that are going on, people's opinions and whatnot. You guys get, you go through a lot. I know you do. And I know sometimes you guys get sick of that burden. You get sick of holding that weight, and you just say, Jesus, I need you. I need you now. If that's you, can I get you to stand? Can I get you to be so bold to stand with me? Because it's me, too. I get in those days where, Jesus, I, I need your yoke. I need your burden, which is light. I need it today. Thank you for standing. Thank you for the boldness. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and pray for all of us. Lord, I thank you that your yoke is easy and that your burden is light. Father, I thank you that you want freedom for us that you want freedom from bondage, that you want freedom, Lord God, from sickness, from calamity, from whatever it is that might ail us. Jesus, I thank you that you love us enough to give us your yoke, which is easy, and your burden, which is light, Lord. So now we accept it and we claim it. We claim your yoke, which is easy. We claim your burden, which is light, Lord. We accept your joy. We accept your peace into our lives, Father. Let us be changed as we walk out these doors and let people notice a difference, that we are walking under a different yoke, that we are walking under a different burden that we get from you, Jesus, who was Lord over the natural and Lord over the supernatural. It's in your mighty and precious name that we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. You see, you guys can claim that on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, whenever you need it. It's in the scriptures, guys. It is a promise for you. Jesus himself says it. Take on my yoke. It is easy. Take on my burden. It is light. It is easier than the burden of the world. It is lighter than the burden of the world. So take it on. Please. He asks you. He wants that freedom for you. So you can claim it for yourself. You can claim it for your friends, for your family. 
whatever it is, whatever situation, you can speak that into it. Say, Jesus, I know your yoke is easy, and I know your burden is light, and I accept it now. Let's read on. Verse 36, those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. See, Jesus has a challenge for each and every one of us there. Go home and tell how much God has done for you. That might look different for each and every one of us. I know for me, I can tell people at work. I know that your world looks a little different. You guys are in school. You guys have family. I'm sure you guys have friends that you guys talk to outside of school and whatnot. Go and tell how much God has done for you. Go and tell them how his yoke is easy and how his burden is light and how your life has been changed, how you can walk enjoy how you can look a little different. You see, the people asked Jesus to leave the town because they were still under the yoke of the world. They were still under the, the burden of the world, so they didn't understand. They didn't understand seeing why this man, who they knew had demons, who they knew was a violent, naked, homeless man. I'm sorry, I'm stressing the naked thing because it's just weird, okay? <laughs> they knew that these things were wrong with him, that this guy had these problems, and they see him get cured, and it's, they're saying, this doesn't fit my mind. This doesn't fit what I am under. This doesn't fit this yoke of the world. Because they don't serve a God who is Lord over the natural, who is Lord over the supernatural, who can heal and can cure. So my challenge to you tonight, 5979, return home and tell how much God has done for you. Thank you, Jesus.